Welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. Today, we've got absolute pleasure of having a uh, smiliest man in the world, Dr. Bob Rakowski, onto the podcast. So, Bob is a functional medicine practitioner, doctor from the US based in Houston, Texas, I believe. Um, and you have a wealth and plethora of experience with the topic we're mainly going to talk through today, which is the benefits of Ganoderma and Reishi, which I've been told this could go on for a week if we went through everything, but we're going to try and keep it concise and to the point so you can keep you engaged. Um, so thank you very much for coming on to the podcast, Bob. Well, you are very welcome. There's one thing I love talking about, and that's health. So we've, we've got a lot to offer the world, and, and the world really needs it right now. 100%. So to take it back very quickly, how did you first come across, uh, come across this? Well, if we talk about Ganoderma, you know, I was a phenomenal student in, in school, and I wanted to learn everything. I wanted an edge to take care of my patients. And so one of my mentors said, visit as many successful doctors as you can. And I went into an office, and I don't even remember who gifted it to me, but you know, we're, we're talking late 1980s. A doctor handed me a book entitled Reishi, King of Herbs. He says, you're going to want to learn about this. It's the most powerful herb that I've ever come across, and I've been doing this a long time. And I'll tell you what, I use it on, on everybody that wants to get healthier. And you know, so I used it for all 30 years in clinical practice. Cool. And what do you think is the reason it's not necessarily adopted so much by mainstream uh, media? And not me, you know, I suppose media is probably correct in mainstream society. I've got some opinions, but I'm not going to. Well, well let's go with that. let's go with mainstream medicine. Yeah. You know, so keep in mind that I've taught seminars all over the world, six different continents. Just haven't done Antarctica yet. You know, I'd like to get a little expedition there over 10,000 hours. And, and what you'll find is that over the last decade and a half, every year we've had more and more and more medical people joining these, these natural conferences. So I asked them, you know, the first uh, conference where we had the majority of medical people attending, I, I just asked them, what are you doing here? You know, and they said, our patients are demanding it. They don't want another drug. They're actually interested in health. And they said, quite frankly, we don't, dis we don't study that. And I asked, what do you study? And they said, bugs and drugs. And, and when you start looking at, at what they do, uh, the education is set up around a pharmaceutical medication funded by the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and then I wrote an article about that. But at the time, 180 US medical schools, only 29 of them uh, had a required course in nutrition. And it was a very weak nutrition course. Here's how you feed someone on kidney dialysis. Uh, you know, and, and so it's not a part of their education, and that's by design. The people that are essentially funding the education are the drug companies, and they want a good return on their investment, and they're getting quite a return on their investment. You know, the U.S. represents 4.4% of the world's population, uses 52% of the world's prescription drugs. You throw in over-the-counter, and some estimates have us over 75% of the world's drug consumption. That's crazy. I'd say that's one of the things even... Uh, whenever I've been in the US, I've always been shocked the amount of uh, pharmaceutical drug adverts are on TV. Well, they're on TV. They're on most corners in, in, a, in a busy city. There's, there's so many of them. And then go a step further, when I've had students that said, you know, I want the advantage of the medical license, they go to medical school. And many of these students have been taught from day one against nutrition. You know, they'll tell them it's unfounded. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, if you want to get your patients better, you just get them on medication, get them recover fast, that type of thing. Uh, but yet the World Health Organization 
uh, not, not the World Health Organization, sorry, the Global Nutrition Report last year published the top cause of death in 2020 on the entire planet, malnutrition. By the way, the number two cause of death, toxins. And between those two, you know, 60% for malnutrition, 25% toxins, 85% of deaths. Seems like we don't want to put toxins in the body, like drugs, or if we do it the lowest dose, shortest duration, and we do want to nourish the body. Yeah, I think uh, what I find fascinating is that I'm a numbers guy. I love looking at statistics and not to go off topic here, but when you look at the COVID paranoia of like the world's collapsing because of that, and you look at global death rates and you look at what people are actually dying from, it's then it raises a few eyebrows, put it like that. Well, it should, you know, and, and Tony Robbins, brave guy, so many people got censored. I'm sure this got censored, but he came out when someone, it might've been the Cleveland Heart Institute or Johns Hopkins, some major institution said, by the way, when we look at the entire globe, there were no extra deaths, zip zero, none. The way you find out how serious a pandemic is, is by extra deaths. But what did they have? They had a, a decline in cancer deaths, a decline in heart disease deaths, significant increased amount of suicide deaths. And we found in the US when they audited the death certificates, 19 out of 20, 95% of COVID deaths actually died with COVID, not from COVID. Italy started it. You know, they were 11 of 12 when they were audited. So something's not right with those numbers. And this is the same thing that I find was a farce in the UK at the time is because to be counted as a COVID death, you just had to have had COVID within 28 days of your death. So if you got hit by a bus and you tested positive three weeks ago, you'd be a COVID death. That's what brought it to the forefront here because they had a, an individual that it was a motorcycle head on with, with a semi truck and they called it a COVID death. And the family raised a fit and then people started looking into it. Shortly after that was the audit. And then you come to realize that the hospitals were incentivized. There was something like a $37,000 bonus to call it a COVID death. So they said, well, you might've had COVID. It's going around. Let's call it a COVID death. Crazy. Convenient. And what are the, has there been any studies yet on Ganoderma ratio in regards to COVID and the influence on that? Well, not that the fact checkers would let go, but uh, can I share a screen? Yeah, yeah, 100%, one second. So yeah, I, I got fact, fact checked the other day for, on Instagram for posting something about saying that they basically said taking pre-workout in the UK, if you put a scoop of it in your mouth, you're essentially going to die. And I put up a post up saying that you obviously shouldn't do it, but it's not going to kill you. And that got fact checked for COVID as well. Well, so here is a study uh, and identifying of existing pharmaceuticals and herbal medicines as inhibitors of the infection. And then we'll go down to the, to the fine print. It's the exact same article, but I pulled this one down from PubMed because that's very easy to find. People just type in PMID colon, that stands for PubMed 334-52205. And then you'll see Ganoderma lucidum uh, was studied against COVID. By the way, there was also, someone sent me a link of 30 studies on natural immunity versus COVID. And so if we go back to, to natural immunity and maybe a spinoff of that, I did 100 days of COVID updates, of COVID updates science versus, you know, uh, well, just science. Let's call it a science update. Uh, and then one of the things that I found fascinating is the very first Nobel Prize was awarded in the early 1900s for something called convalescent plasma. 
And there was a bad flu going around back then. And when people beat the flu, they would actually take out the blood, they would separate the liquid portion, that's the plasma, the cellular port is, is different. And they would infuse the plasma right back into the veins of people. Uh, and they had a very high cure rate, basically um, 80% in 1902, first Nobel Prize. Well, they did a similar study in 2020 for, for this virus, who I, I tend to keep nameless. And both studies showed that it had a 100% cure rate. Well, the way that you, I'm gonna go with a new share, stop share, new share. So it was used in the 1918 flu pandemic. Where's the other one? The two studies, one was Proceeds National Academy of Science. I'll have to look at my, my different search there for a second. And the other was New England Journal of Medicine and both had 100% cure rate. Uh, and so then when you start looking at that, you might ask the question, well, what is going on here? Why are we not being told about this? So let me see where I have that. I'm going to guess that they aren't telling us about that because there's no way they can monetize that. Not much. Which is convenient Not for the big farmers, isn't it? I've got so many different things going on. Let me figure out where I have that. On, I, I on did a, an expose on... Uh, yeah, I, I, when I'm in teaching mode, I like the references. It's easy, easy enough to find. But, you know, if, if you look at, if we could bridge the topic to, you know, something that they're pushing off as a vaccine, it's not. You know, it's a genetic therapy and it's a failed experiment. It never should have been labeled as a vaccine, nor should it have been given emergency use authorization. Uh, one of the first things that I did when it came out is I said, what worked against the first version of this virus? You know, the, the Dash 1 version. Or, and ultimately, there were 37 different agents that were effective. And the vast majority of them were natural remedies. So, you know, if, if someone just had one eye open, they could have realized that this was not a big problem pretty early on. I also think as well, it's almost the statistics relating to obesity and also COVID deaths were astronomical as well. So the likelihood if you're, if you're super fit, you're not overweight, um, the likelihood of you having an issue is very, very small versus if you're, you drink, you smoke, you've got high blood pressure, your body fat's way too high, then the likelihood of you having a problem is going to be much higher as well, which is a strong correlation to your, the compounding effects that you've made up into your life into this point or what's going to protect you or not protect you almost. I, I did find the studies, and since I'm going to, uh, I, I like to share data. Yeah. You know, my, my, my whole thing is all about facts. So this was the JAMANetwork.com, March 27, 2020, treatment of five critically ill. So these were not mild patients with COVID-19 with convalescent plasma, 100% cure rate. Uh, and then we go to Proceeds National Academy of Science, Plasma antibody transfer from COVID patients resolves the, the virus in the blood in seven days. Uh, you know, and you look at that and you come to realize that, you know, we had a cure that we knew about a hundred years. And when we tried it early on, 
it was profoundly effective, even against the critically ill. So it should have been standard of care from the very beginning. And I guess it just says a lot about the what what rules the world we live in. It's money, isn't it? Money talks, and it's but uh, not going on a conspiracy theory that there seems to be more of an agenda to it than that. I think as well. Well, the money trail goes back to the 1990s. Uh, and there's a German physician, I'm happy to send it to you, where yeah. he went through and tracked the money trail. They've had patents on coronavirus remedies since the 90s. They started patenting the, the spike proteins. It might have been 2015, 2014. Moderna was already in process for a spike protein vaccine before this virus was ever released. Before they ever had a product, they were valued at $25 billion dollars. Uh, and their, their leaders are now Forbes' newest billionaires. Uh, they were working on this long before this virus was released. In, in your honest opinion, what do you think the situation, obviously this isn't a podcast about COVID, but this is fascinating talking to you about it, because everything, what I've loved about everything so far is this is factual based and you've shown the evidence of it and everything you see on the mainstream media is just bullshit and smoke and mirrors. What, yeah. What's your honest, honest opinion on what you think has driven this? Well, it's greed and, and it's dark. You know, there, there are, the data goes back to the 1990s and I'll, I'll send the video to you, but you know, the research went through and the, after basically the, the Cold War was over, uh, you know, the, the military industrial complex said, we need a new enemy. You know, we, we, we just need a new enemy, otherwise we're gonna go broke. So what happened? Then we started the war on terror. You know, you go to, to two, you know, 9-11-2001, what happened? Well, you know, some planes took down the World Trade Center and they said, okay, we're all at risk. Now, I really like Yobao Noah Harari's explanation of terrorism. He said it, it's basically like having a really bad card hand, but being a good buff, bluffer. And another thing he says is it's like a bull in a china shop where you actually put a fly in the bull's ear and you, you drive it nuts and it breaks everything. Uh, because it's powerful, but the fly couldn't do any damage. And he said, that's what the terrorists are like. You take a, you know, a power like the UK, like the US, terrorists can't do much of anything. But if we make everybody afraid of them, we do a lot of damage. And we've, we've certainly done that. So once the war was over, well, terror became the, the issue. And then look forward at the supposed pandemics that they had whether it was SARS-CoV-1, whether it was swine flu, whether it was Ebola, all of these were you know, initially labeled pandemics, but there was nothing behind them to support that. So they all died away pretty quick. And by the way, this one wasn't a pandemic either. No extra deaths in 2020. And I don't know how much the world suicide rate went up, but quite a bit, enough to raise the death rate. And, and so the data became clear. Now we look at 2021 and the data is the deaths are off the charts. Where are they highest in the most vaccinated countries or jabbed countries might be a more accurate term. So what's interesting about that as well, you mentioned about suicide. I don't personally know anyone who's died from COVID yet. I know two people have died from suicide. Well, I, I've got a big network. Uh, I'm aware of three people that died from COVID and the doctors that are, are providing good care say it was medical malpractice, giving them remdesivir in the hospital which by the way, I've got the data on that. Remdesivir was tried as an antiviral in the Ebola trial, one of four antiviral agents, drug agents, and they canceled the remdesivir part of the trial because it had the highest death rate far and above. 
So has hydroxychloroquine been proven? Absolutely. Uh, has um, ivermectin been proven? Absolutely. Those are banned. You can't even, you know, you have a hard time getting a prescription. We're not importing them. And, and one of the ladies that I know died, her daughter went into the hospital with her mother and said, whatever you do, don't give her remdesivir. They gave her remdesivir. She died alone on a ventilator, you know, who knows, 10 days, two weeks later. Remdesivir can cause kidney failure. That can lead to the pneumonia that kills them. So, you know, we've got to go in with our eyes wide open and the hospital may be the worst place. You know, if you can do good nutrition, uh, monoclonal antibody therapies on an outpatient, you know, for people that are really sick, that might be good. Those might be good options. With, with the media, then, and obviously what we were talking about anyway in terms of Ganoderma and Reishi, do you think, again, because there's no monetization necessarily for the big farmers, just why it's the mainstream media just pushing it under the rug all the time and don't want to un, un, like admit the effects of something like that, perhaps? Well, I've been fact-checked for that article that mentioned it. I put up other articles, immune enhancement, those have been fact-checked. If you put up something that maybe like weight loss, which it's well proven for, they don't seem to fact check that. But so, you know, who funds mainstream media, especially in this part of the world, the biggest advertiser is the pharmaceutical industry. Like you said, you get over here, you watch American TV, you know, every set of commercials has drug commercials, part of them, huge advertising. 100%. And in terms of the effect of Ganoderma ratio with weight loss, what do you think of the, the mechanisms that's working on improving that? Well, there's going to be many, you know, so interestingly enough, I've been doing a series on diabetes. Uh, and so it's absolutely fantastic to prevent diabetes. And we're talking both type one, type two, and type three. Type one is considered an autoimmune attack on the pancreas. Medical literature says that reishi or ganoderma can treat and or prevent autoimmune disease. And they had some known uh, agents that would cause type 1 diabetes when, when one's a chemotherapy called STZ that would kill the cells of the pancreas. The other is by infecting the pancreas cells with Epstein-Barr. But with those two problems that typically cause type 1 diabetes and given Ganoderma simultaneously, the animals didn't develop it. Lots of different type 2 mechanisms modulates the insulin release from the pancreas, uh, prevents the liver from making extra sugar, which often happens or typically happens in type 2 diabetes and helps the sugar get into the cell and other nutrients in the cell more effectively. Type three diabetes, many are calling Alzheimer's a type three diabetes of the brain, and it's listed as anti-Alzheimer's, anti-Parkinson's. So you know, there's over 2000 published medical studies on this miracle herb, it's, it's phenomenal. And in terms of the herb itself, where, where does it come from in terms of the manufacturing process? What's What's that look like for people? Who so if sure. you're talking about the one that we use, we have multiple sources all over the world. So originally it was considered indigenous to China. And over 5,000 years ago, it was reserved only for the royal family. People were caught with it, not in the royal family. First offense, they cut off their arm. Second offense, they cut off their head. Uh, but, you know, it, it grows around the world and it grows on essentially logs, you know, from a dead tree, dead tree trunks. And it's amazing how it extracts all the fabulous 50, all the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, proteins, carbohydrates, fat, fiber, and water in doses that make a difference to human health. But it also has over 430 identified unique molecules, 79 of which are antimicrobial, can kill bad infection. So this uh, is the consensus top superfood, uh, and it's phenomenal. You know, the, the kind that, that I'm very fond of is, is USDA certified organic grown in natural methods. 
with patented processes that give it the highest nutrient bioavailability in the, in the entire industry. And is that being manufactured in the U.S. as well, then, like globally everywhere now? Uh, we don't have manufacturing in the U.S. We have manufacturing in Malaysia, of all places. So I, I think, you know, the CEO of the company had ties there. Uh, Asia, the Malaysian government put up a, a fair amount of money to build a state-of-the-art, what's called GMP-certified facility. So it's a clean room plus. Uh, and... You know, they, they brought the right stuff to the table and that's where it's currently produced. But, you know, we have a lot of suppliers and we may also uh, get different manufacturers in, into, the, into the mix as well. From a sustainability point of view, do you think it's a type of product that's easily easy for scale, if that makes sense? Because obviously that's one of the things that's a hot topic with everything everyone talks about, like you know, organic, yeah. organic farming is not sustainable for the world. What, what does that look like? It, it took quite an effort to scale. You know, it, so in the early days of the, of the Ganoderma that I use, they sold out a few times because they couldn't scale. Uh, and then it became top priority. We've got to scale. We've got to get other certified organic farms. You know, they, they can now, they now have the capacity to get to over a billion dollars a month in, in Ganoderma sales. That's a good start. But U.S. alone, the market is $2.5 billion a year. And if we look at the global medicinal mushroom market, $50 billion a year. So there's room for other players and there is scalability. And is this a product that has been very popular in the Far East and Asia, for example, for a long time, just from traditional roots? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, not to get back to the virus, but one of the initial studies that came out compared people in China that had the virus and some did traditional Chinese medicine and conventional medicine uh, because they were all in the hospital and the rest did just conventional medicine. Uh, and this was International Journal of Biologic Science. And the numbers are so shocking that I'm gonna share them with you. And in fact, I'm gonna open up a, a second study in a moment because um, I calculated the numbers, but I'm gonna share this screen. So what they found quite simply was that when they used Western medicine alone, 46.2%, almost one in two, progressed from light to severe disease. And then 39% of that 46.2% um, died. So you know, four out of 10 that progressed to severe died. Then we look at traditional Chinese medicine and Western medicine. They did both because it was in the hospital. Only 7.4%, almost a seventh, had progressed to uh, serious disease, and only 8.8% of that 7.4% died. So now let's plug in practical numbers. If we took 1,000 patients, that means 462 would be, become severe and 180 would die. If we took 1,000 patients, only 74 would have progressed to severe and only six and a half of those people would have died, rounded up to seven. So adding natural medicine was 27X as effective. This was published March 15th of 2020. That was literally before it, because I, I think the week after that, I flew to Canada, and on the flight on the way there, they actually closed the Canadian border. I actually ended up in Canada for two days and had to fly back. Well, isn't that fascinating? So this 
for it to have been published by March 15th, the data had to be accumulated, analyzed, published, peer-reviewed, accepted for publication. You know, there's the release. And the world knew about it. 27x survivability by March 15 of 2020. So it, I might ask, can, can our leaders read? Do they have a vested interest in our health? If they were, I found it. It wasn't a full-time job for me. I was spending an hour a day keeping up to date on COVID. Oh, here's a fascinating study. Wow, 27x increased survivability. I'm gonna share that. So, you know, I'll tell you in my own clinical practice, the people that we have here, in, including couples in their 80s that we put on a natural program, none of them ended up in the hospital and none of them died. None, zip zero, none. Now we're talking about a small sampling of the world population and it, it is true that people generally that seek me out are healthier than the rest of the world and, and willing to do healthy things, but we've got to take notice of this. I would also say that you're in Houston, right? I'm in Houston, Texas, yes. So like, which I think is the, the fattest city in America? Or it's, uh, it's, it's right what, up there. It's, it's up Texas, there either way. A, it has a like, lot of a lot of restaurants, and you know what? They give Texas-sized portions. I've been; it was awesome. But um, the but again, like that's talking about the extremes. So you're talking about how the people obviously you work with are probably going to be the healthier end of that spectrum. But you're still talking about the lower end of probably the overall health spectrum of the U.S. comparatively. Yet, like you've had no issues at all. No. You know, it, it, people that, I, when one of the first podcasts that I did, lives that I did, I said, people asked, should we be worried about this virus? I said, worry doesn't get you anywhere, but being proactive does. So, you know, I talk about the Magnificent Seven. You've got to eat right, drink right, think right, move right, sleep right, poop right, talk right every day. And I mentioned some, at that point already, by the way, these supplements were proven for SARS-CoV-1, zinc was proven, vitamin D was proven. Uh, Ratio Organoderma was proven, colostrum was proven, vitamin C was proven. Add those to your protocol. And if you start doing them now, you may never have to worry about it. Let's see what happens. What's your opinion of glutathione out of interest? Of which one? Uh, glutathione. Oh, well, glutathione is the most powerful detoxification intracellular agent within the body. And they're actually trying it for people that have the jab because they ultimately rewrite their genetics in a way where their body becomes spike protein factories. And, you know, I've seen plenty of post-jab people here, and I only can think of one patient that didn't test positive for a basic autoimmune screening. They, they have a positive anti-nuclear antibodies. They have disrupted immune system. A lot of them have antibodies against their thyroid. And, you know, I said, hopefully your immune system does a good job clearing out these, you know, spike protein producers and you can get over it. But, you know, it's yet to be determined. You know, we, we've got to do a lot of work with these people. 100%. 100%. Now, when it comes to the effects of both these products in terms of from like on the endocrine system, is there much studies and research on that side of things? In particular, we look at maybe like... Um, hormone levels and say, for example, men aging, is there any effects in that respect? Well, there is, you know, when, when they start talking about the herb of immortality and the herb of spiritual potency, when we go back to the, you know, 5,000 years ago, and you look at these pictures of these Chinese emperors, you know, they were 80 years old with long white beards down to their navel. And yet they had a thousand mistresses and were still fathering children. 
you know, and you, you start looking at it and you say, wow, you know, how is that even possible? Well, when you're healthy, it makes all the difference in the world. When we start looking at, at endocrine, I often look at the endocrine of, of fat loss, you know, so we talked about insulin. Insulin is the master fat storage hormone. Thyroid is the master fat burning hormone. And by the way, the stress hormones are, are going to put the brakes on insulin and inhibit thyroid as well. So there's plenty of really good studies that show that Ganoderma is good for insulin signaling, good to buffer the stress in the mind, body, and spirit. I can expand on that if you want. And good for the thyroid also, all the, the causes of thyroid dysfunction. So, you know, it does a lot of great things for, I'll say, every signaling system uh, and every hormonal system in the body. From um, a practical point, how does that, like, make in, in terms of from a mechanism point of view, work? Is it just almost improving the way your body almost like fires, I guess? I don't know how would you describe it better than that. That's, that's a pretty good way of looking at it. You know, so we talk through the pancreas. It's going to help the cells of the pancreas that make insulin. It modulates the insulin release. It helps insulin bind to the cell membrane. And then it helps the intracellular action of ins insulin. Uh, and very, very similar with thyroid and with the adrenals, it's fascinating because it's called the herb of spiritual potency and there's medical literature that says that. And that's a fascinating term for the medical literature, but it also calms the body through something called the parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, and it calms the mind through something called GABA so powerfully that it can even be uh, used as an anti-seizure agent. That makes a lot of sense. In terms of people then who are very stressed out would this be something you would look like if a client came to you and said they're super stressed would this be something you'd look for them to try and implement and how would they practically do that then if they were in that situation so i come to you and i've got uh five kids and i run a business i'm super stressed what what would you say well th this is something that we've had a lot of success with over the last decade and i'll tell some hallmark studies because you know uh, uh Sometime in the early 2000s, it was actually discovered that melatonin, uh, we make 400 times the melatonin as in the gut and as in the brain. People think of melatonin for sleep, but if we make 400 times it in the gut, it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. But what it does do is it actually binds to the adrenal cortex and it buffers our brain drive of stress, uh, the brain drive of body stress. Theanine, so I give melatonin, by the way, one to two milligrams every waking hour, huge safety profile and multiple anti-cancer benefits as well. Theanine uh, is an amino acid in green tea. It crosses the blood-brain barrier and it's a natural GABA facilitator. And I tell a story about this. You know, I, I had a celebrity patient that went through a very, very bad divorce, expensive divorce. I think it was, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred million dollar divorce. Uh, and he was absolutely stressed out of his mind. And he had my cell phone number and he called me and he said, Bob, the next person that looks at me wrong, I'm going to punch him right in the face. And I said, where are you? And he says, well, I'm right outside of Whole Foods. I said, perfect place to be. Go in, ask someone where theanine is, grab a bottle of water off the shelf on the way. You know, they know you're good for it. Get the theanine, pop a thousand milligrams. If you get to the checkout line and it's a little stressful, pop another 500 milligrams and, and call me when you get to your car. Well, he called me and it was about 30 minutes later, but he asked me, he says, what was in that? And I said, well, why do you ask? He says, well, right now I feel like my old self again. I said, well, that was the goal. It's a natural calming agent for the brain. So we do theanine 100 to 200 milligrams every waking hour. And by the way, these are seven to 10 days. 
And then we do Ganoderma spores. That's the most potent part of the plant. And by the way, that's one way to tell if you have a really good Ganoderma company. Uh, sadly, there's a lot of people that shortcut farming practices and they put wood shavings in plastic bags to create a damp environment. And that's how they grow their Ganoderma. And it looks different and it behaves different and it, it, the plant is too sick to reproduce. So sick humans don't reproduce, sick plants don't reproduce, and those companies don't have spores. But we have spores and we have a patented patent on the process where we have 99.9% .9 nutrient bioavailability, difficult to get. Uh, next closest competitor that we measured was 15%. So quick summary, melatonin every hour, theanine every hour, Ganoderma spores every hour, seven days, people feel like they got their life back 10 days, they feel like they've been on a beach for the final three days. And just to recap that in terms of doses, it was one to two milligrams of melatonin per hour and 100 milligrams to 200 milligrams per hour of L-theanine. 100, 200 theanine, and then the spores happen to be 250 milligram caps, so that's 500 milligrams every waking hour. And a lot of other things are gonna get better just besides the stress. You know, Stress is definitely the enemy of the immune system. Stress is the enemy of the body composition. Stress is the enemy of detoxification. So all those improve with the stress reset. I might try this as a, I'm a bit stressed at the moment, no more than usual, but I might try this for a week and then message you and see how I feel. You know what? This is a slam dunk. You're gonna love it. So just to give some context to people for what, what gamoderma actually is in terms of where it comes from. It's the spores on the top of mushrooms, correct? Yeah. yeah. The, well, so there's three parts of the mushroom. There's a flowering body called the Ganoderma lucidum. There's the mycelium, which is the root system. And, and that is really good for neurotransmission. But the spores, we like to refer to it as rocket fuel because some of the components that are, are known to be healthy are 75 times more concentrated in the spores. So you get your most bang for the buck with high quality spores. Cool. It's very, very helpful. Uh, so that'd be a test that we'll try in the next few weeks then. Um, and in terms of from a sports performance point of view, is there much benefit or research on that side of things as well? Oh, there's a ton, you know? And, and so, you know, I, I've got an elite athlete right now. In fact, he was, he was late. I told him I had a podcast and he's, he's awesome. He said, you know what, I'm, a, I'm, I'm cool to wait. And, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of elites and I, I put them all on this reset. And one of the things that when I teach sports nutrition, I'll ask these elite people and I'll, you know, this guy's brand new today. So I'll ask him how much of the game is mental. And the numbers that I've gotten back from the elite are it's either 90% mental. And I've had a few say that it was a hundred percent mental. And I, I literally videotaped them because I, I want people to understand how important they think the mental game is. And this guy said, look, at my level, we all have the physical skills, but you've got to have your mind in the game. And the game is so fast, you've got to make super quick decisions and you've got to know the opponent. You know, he was a defensive back in football. And he says one of the toughest things is to get beat on a, on a you know, pick, sorry, on a, uh, you know, long bomb, you know, where, where they score a big yeah. touchdown on you. You're, you know, you feel like the laughing stock of the stadium. And this guy said, you know what, I worked on my mental training. I even hired a mental coach. And before the end of the game, I also picked that guy for a pick six. By the way, he picked Brett Favre, you know, so uh, ultimately that's pretty cool, right? Where, where you know, Hall of Fame quarterback. So, but uh, at any rate, so it's really good for the brain. And I tell people the brain is the most nutrient dependent, energy dependent, stress vulnerable, toxin vulnerable system. And there's data for all of those aspects of the brain. Then we're going to look at inflammatory control. So Ganoderma modulates the inflammatory process. You don't want to shut down the inflammatory process because inflammation precedes repair. 
it modulates the, the inflammatory process and actually accelerates the repair. Uh, and that's gonna be really superior for athletes. I throw in acid alkaline balance as well. And so these elite athletes, they're generating a lot of acid uh, and they have to build their buffering systems. And that's one of the things that I consistently see with the elites, unless they're pristine on both diet and supplements, they're erring too far on the acid alkaline scale. That makes them inefficient. It also is gonna make them sore after workouts and have them recover. Uh, at a different rate. Then they're going to need fuel delivery. Ganoderma has all the fabulous 50 vitamins, minerals, amino acids, proteins, carbohydrates, fat, fiber, and water. So you're going to get fuel from it, but then you're also going to get fuel efficiency by alkalizing the body. And basically it says that it's, it has factors that help the mitochondria electron transport chain. And that makes 94.4% of human energy. And it enhances that as well. So it's a slam dunk with elite athletes or, or people who just like training their body. Um, what's the, the strong difference between Ganoderma and Reishi? It's a different name of the same thing. Okay. Some people call me Robert. Some people call me Bob. What's the difference? Some people like a more formal name. What's the, what's the formal name? Ganoderma. Ganoderma lucidum yeah. is, is, that's the, the official name. Uh, reishi is uh, another term for it, which I believe means king. Uh, and then there's also Ling Chi, which is the Japanese name for it. So it goes by three different names and you, you can find information on all three. Most publications are, are good enough to say Ganoderma lucidum and then in parentheses, reishi, comma, Ling Chi. In terms of next steps for anyone listening then, uh, Dr. Bob, what would you suggest for people who wanted to find out more or to get started with something like this? You know, I've got plenty on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Dr. Underscore Bob underscore Rakowski is my YouTube channel. Uh, I haven't quite figured out how to get to the YouTube search engines. You, you can go to that and, you know, there, there's going to be a, a wonderful library of lots of information on health, not just Ganoderma, but it certainly is our top selling supplement in the office. And you know, there's, there's one thing that's fascinating and, and full disclosure, I'm an investor in the company, but I, I invested in a company that puts it in coffee and tea and shakes. And I tell people of all the elites that I've treated over years, and, and you know, I've treated world champions from every major professional sport, I've treated Olympians. When their season is over, they tend to you know, drop back very substantially on their nutrition routine and some stop altogether. Well, people that drink coffee or tea, drink it every day, multiple times a day, and we have it infused with the top superfood on the planet, they get healthier every day. And, and our world needs it right now. Yeah, without even trying. So in that regard, would you say there's a max dose? Say, for example, the product's talking about is Organo. Is there a, like, how many servings would you say is a maximum today? Or is there, if there isn't really a maximum? If you wanted to do four or five so, a day, you could do or whatever. I'll, I'll give you practical and then I'll, then I'll give you, you know, uh, what the literature says. So the literature literally says no toxic dose, no drug interaction. So you look at us in, you know, 38 countries and none of our coffee and teas have a warning label on them at all about dose or usage or duration or drug interaction. So 38 different governments, all with attorneys said, no, this is good stuff. And, and some companies are really, some countries are really strict on it. UK is strict. Canada is strict. U.S. somewhat strict, but not as strict as U.K. or Canada. So pretty fascinating there. I guess from now it's Brexit. So I guess we're just going to call you England, right? <laughs> uh, and, and so 
practically speaking though, it's ancient wisdom that everything's a toxin, it's just a matter of dose. So I tell people, you know, if you wanna learn how toxic water is, I, I have a very simple experiment. We can go over to my house, you can dive into the deep end of my pool, and you can drink water for 12 minutes. Uh, and you'll find out how toxic water is. Now, don't worry, I'm, you know, I'm certified in CPR, I can pull you out, I can bring you back, I hope, but you're gonna find out. So, you, know, you certainly wouldn't wanna go that far, but for all practical purposes, you know, I, I had one 70-something-year-old lady that had a bout of shingles, and Ganoderma is proven against shingles. And I said, look, take a loading dose of four capsules right now, and then take one every waking hour. Well, she came back the next day and she was already feeling much better, which by the way, medical study on, on Ganoderma, complete eradication of shingles in all people in the study with no recurrence at a year. Well, the next day she said, I started feeling better after my fourth dose, so I just kept keeping, I kept dosing it. And I said, well, you should have enough to last you through the weekend. And she said, no, I'm taking four every waking hour, like you said. Uh, and, and so a 70 something year old woman took 64 of the strongest capsules over the course of a day and only felt a lot better than she had in a long, long time. So it's, it's safe and effective. It's one of those things I say to people, it's like with everything, like the devil's in the dose, like obviously she's pushed the upper end of the spectrum has been fine anyway. So obviously that speaks volumes, but um, yeah, I think, think this is a lot to, to finish up, Dr. Bob, do you think there's anything else anyone else needs to be aware of in regards to, um, reishi or organa or anything else that you th would particularly recommend for anyone to get started with? Well, you know, you, you want to do your due diligence. When you look and you see all the quality certifications, USDA certified, EcoCert, Kosher, Halal, GMP certified facilities, they've dotted the I's, they've crossed the T's, and they have the best product in the market, which by the way is proven safe and proven effective. So the ultimate due diligence is try it. You know, people want to try our coffee, I tell them, drink a box, you know, buy a box of either black latte or mocha. By the way, the latte and mocha are both blood sugar friendly. And, I, you know, when people have blood sugar problems, even diabetics, I test their sugar before and after. And even for the typical diabetic, it raises their sugar only at the level of broccoli and chicken. And that can be a good step to get diabetics away from worse foods to healthier foods and improve their insulin signaling in numbers. So, get a box, give it a shot. I give a money back guarantee. Uh, and Charlie, if you were going to recommend them where to buy it, where would you recommend it? Uh, so we'll drop a link below the podcast here in the video on YouTube. So if anyone who wants to get involved with that, then try it there or drop me a message on Instagram, Facebook, and I can fire it over to you as well. So, Okay, um, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, easy enough to do. Uh, for anyone to find out any more information about you, Dr. Bob, and your uh, fascinating wealth of knowledge, which I don't think we've even scraped the surface of, where's the best place to find out? You mentioned you've got a YouTube channel. Do you have Instagram, Facebook? Yep. I have Instagram. Instagram is also Dr. Underscore Bob underscore Rakowski. Facebook is just Bob Rakowski, but I also have a public figure page, uh, which is um, uh, Dr. Bob Rakowski as well. And then the website, and I, by the way, I was pulling up my links. That's why it took me a second there. The website is thedrbob.com. T-H-E-D-R-B-O-B. Dot com. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, Bob. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone will take away a huge wealth of knowledge from this and also try the coffee because I'm sure it'll help. So thank you very much and have a great day.